You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Just before going to air, we learned of the death of iconic uh, performer, songwriter, um, legendary guitarist Prince, dead at age 57. And uh, I don't know about you, Dave, but man, that just kind of derailed me for the day, eh? Yeah, I know. It's uh, obviously a, a sad thing, especially for people of our generation, because it was such an icon. It was, you know, up there with, you know, Bowie and, and the likes. Like, these are the people that set the tempo for the entire sort of music era of the time. So um, younger people may not, you know, our younger listeners may not have quite the same reaction, but I think people in our generation are like, oh, okay, that's, that's the end of an era. Hold it. You mean this is like our parents were when Elvis died? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I feel old. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. I guess I had the perk. My dad liked the, more the Beatles and, you know, John Lennon died, you know, younger. So it wasn't maybe quite the same, ooh, I'm old kind of moment. But, uh, but yeah. Well, um, in other, I, I don't know if this is sad news or not. It's going to be weird news. And certainly for me, I, I can't remember names to save my life, but... Dave, as, as uh, you know, this is our last show on the WebmasterRadio.fm network because as of next week, Webmaster Radio will no longer exist. We have a uh, new name. Not allowed to announce it yet, but a new name is coming. Oh, that is exciting. And uh, actually, I, I, I've heard a little bit of the details behind the uh, behind the switch. And when they're announced, and again, it's not... We're just show hosts on the network. It's not our story to tell. But when Darren and Brandy and um, and the story gets told, I think uh, I think the audience is going to be you know you know really happy. And um, I think that the programming on this network and other networks associated with us is just about to get a hell of a lot more robust. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I'm taking it too. I think it's going to be a be a great jump for the network as a whole. And, uh, you know, obviously, I love that. Now, it's, it's, you know, listeners, like, we're changing names, but we're not changing styles. We're not changing shows. All the, uh, all the programming that's happening, currently happening, is going to be moving over. 
So, um, Webcology on webmasterradio.fm will sort of cease to exist, but Webcology will go on, as will all the other Webmaster Radio shows. Um, and on that, we should probably actually jump into the Webmaster part of this Webmaster Radio show, eh? <laughs> we might as well. I hear people might tune in for that. Yeah, where do you want to go first? What do you, what do you think? Uh, local search or, um, yeah, what do you, why don't we do this, the local one? That's, I was uh, thinking the same. Pretty impactful. So, Google has changed, you know, slipping some ads in there, the way it produces um, and displays local listings. What, what do you think? You know what, I have, being an organic SEO and enjoying paid search, <laughs> you know, I have to be of two minds. Um, I think from a, from a paid search angle, obviously I'm a big fan, having a, having a little more access um, basically what they've done for our listeners, like it's, it's more of a technical move, but has broad reaching, um, you know, sort of impact on marketing is that basically what they've done is they said, Hey, maps is now being rolled into search. Um, it may seem like a technicality until now they've been two separate things. Um, and so when you wanted to advertise onto maps, you had to sort of, you know, go through the back end of things, go with search partners, which is where that was being counted. Now you won't now maps will just be rolled in as part of Google search. Um, and so getting your, your ad listings onto the maps, well, A, you can, and B, um, it's a much more direct, you're just running your, your standard ads. You don't need to go through search partners necessarily. And some campaigns I do, some I don't, um, you know, so from that angle of things, I think, you know, as a, as a paid search, you know, guy, I love it. Um, as an organic, it's like, okay, there's one more bump down, um, I'll be really, really interested to see how the metrics play out as I'm working around with it, though, because I use maps fundamentally differently. I, I'm sure you do, too. We all do. We, you, know, you tend to be, you know, even if you're looking for, what are restaurants near me? I tend to look at the map itself, not the listings. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they twist the listings if you have a paid. Do they, you know, color code them down the road a little different? Um, you know, pop them up a little bigger or something, you know, a, a very googly thing to do to draw the eye to the thing they make cash off. Can't blame them. They're a company. They have revenue to earn. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, I, I'm sort of waiting to play it out right now. I, I kind of just view it as another thing that is going to be fun to play with and that I think can help a lot of people as long as they're involved in paid search a little bit. And it might drive some people over to paid that might not have been there before. Yeah, my, my my very first reaction it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm an organic search specialist as well. I've been had some extreme success with local listings for clients. Um, I've loved local listings. It's been uh, it's been a great place to attract, um, especially especially people who are in, like doing an active search. They're out there. They're looking to buy something. Like like your example, you and uh, you and your wife want to go to a restaurant. Um, you 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 know you do a quick search a map comes up listing all the restaurants in the area and it's incredibly useful for both users and for uh, for small business owners. My first thought was, well, geez, these paid guys didn't earn their way in there because you know getting the getting the local listing actually in, involved a little bit of talent. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but but you know what? At the end of the day, it's going to be much easier for advertisers. Google's taken out a artificially difficult step. That you know the 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 paid advertisers shouldn't have had to make, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I guess. Um, now, do, do we know the criteria? Like how how do you get the paid ad 
in uh, in 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 Google Map results. I know I haven't had a chance to play around with it very much. I've read a bit on it, of course. Um, I'm really just waiting a little bit later in the week. I'm going to get a chance to actually. I'm going to be starting a new local campaign. So of course I'm going to be digging in very very deeply and in, in that because on the on the paid search side um, for for their local stuff. You know, basically paid search while you wait for organic. One of those sort of scenarios. <laughs> um, so, but basically the the rolling in of standard, like basically the movement of maps. Um, and map results over into the organic stream basically just means when you're in your standard, um, you know, AdWords back end, when you're selecting to just go to Google, by default, it will just extend that over to maps, um, provided, you know, with all the other criteria in there, like localization and stuff like that. So what I don't know at this stage, and I'm going to want to play around with, and I expect we're going to see a lot of new little tweaks coming up in the AdWords back end here shortly. Um, we certainly saw some, some analytics ties to, to AdWords recently. Um, what I'm expecting is, is some customization, some exclusions, some abilities to craft or raise your, your bids based on map, like you can with, say, mobile, right? You can go, okay, I want all my bids, but I want them 20% cheaper on mobile or 20% more on mobile. That sort of adjustment over onto the maps, because would I be willing to pay the same or more or less um, is, is going to be a, obviously a huge factor coming in there. I expect that they're going to extend that over there. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see as, as that comes in, um, what they do with that. Well, again, like if you're a, if you're working with like retailers, um, or with a, um, option to buy, you know, where, where somebody is doing something and, and they're searching for information and they're looking to purchase something like now, especially in the mobile universe, this is wonderful for you and you're going to help your clients make a lot of money. Oh, sure, and it'll give you the, the for the first time, I'm expecting, and something for, for people to pay attention to, I think, here, is it'll give you the opportunity to bid on, and I'm, I'm guessing here because this is coming down the road and I haven't had a ton of time to play, but I'm betting because we're dealing with AdWords here, it will give me an opportunity when somebody's on their phone and they're looking up you know, a specific pizza shop downtown. Normally, on a map, you would just see that pizza shop show up. Well, now you're going to have paid to play with here um, and give other, uh, you know, other pizza joints, maybe a new one that's, that's trying to get in, uh, in on the mix. Give them the opportunity to appear in those results and maybe skew your, your buying decision um, right out of the gate by bidding on branded terms. So it's going to be neat to, to see how that, how that plays out. I'm looking forward to that, obviously, from a, from a paid search <laughs> perspective yeah. and going, okay, what can we do to get in front of people who've already made a decision? Because usually when I'm in maps, I'm either general you know, hey, I'm just looking for a pizza shop around me. Okay, paid might kind of influence, but I'm probably going to be more influenced by, you know, specifically what's there and, and some of the reviews. Um, but if I'm looking for a specific place and, hey, something pops up I haven't seen before, okay, you know what? Like, I don't want to click through all those different pizzas. You've been to Victoria, you know, I'm, my map's going to have 100. <laughs> I don't want to go through all of them. Um, you know, maybe only beaten by coffee shops here in Victoria. We're just like Seattle and that one. Um, but you know, if I started to see something new, you might actually be able to get in front of me because, Hey, you know, especially if we can incorporate those reviews into the paid listing and and things like that. Okay. Um, so again, uh, uh, PPC specialists, you got a new venue to play in much easier to get in there. Sigh, get in there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, we got a couple of minutes before we got to go to got to take our first break. Uh, let's let's go to the service announcement, Jim. You brought this one to my attention. I'm going to call it out. It should just take a couple minutes, and you can shake your head. Most of our listeners to Ken over on the SEM post. 
75 percent of site owners did something jim you shared the story so why don't you tell our visitors what 75 percent of people do and why that's a head scratcher Indeed. Um, so Google's reporting, and in, in, in uh, Google Search Console, formerly Webmaster Tools, if your site has been infected by malware or if you've been hacked somehow, Google can detect this and they're going to send you a notification. One of those friendly notifications which reads, this site may have been hacked. Um, not that I've ever seen one myself. Last year, apparently, Google detected over 800,000 sites that were hacked and, you know, informed the webmasters uh, via Search Console, your site's been hacked. According to Google, as reported in the SEM post, 75% of those site owners cleaned up hacked sites after Google notification, leaving me me wondering what the hell the other 25% did. (laughs) Yeah, you've got to wonder who has that site that they're just like, eh, whatever. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it's at least at the very least, who wouldn't just shut it down, right? Like even if you're just an affiliate marketer blasting, no, no problem with them. But if you're, I was one once, um, but if you're blasting out, you know, dozens, hundreds of sites to not at least just go, all right, I'm just taking this out of my <laughs> network, right? Like it's going to do nothing here. So why not just shut the thing down? Now, if you take 800,000 and divide it by, say, 52, the number of weeks in a year, you get 16,500 sites per week that mm-hmm. Google is detecting are hacked. The majority of these hacks fall into one, there are one or two categories that Google's reporting. Drive-by malware, you know, some, somebody doing a, like an SQL uh, injection into your site and um, you know, uh, collecting perhaps keystroke or behavior uh, information on your users, or the one that's most prevalent, outright scams. And I'm not sure what, what exactly they're referring to by scams, but I'm imagining it could be anything from rerouting traffic to um, you know having uh, on a legitimate website, say, uh, or on, on a legitimate, say, news site, having a fake ad appear, uh, leading you to the scammy material. Mm-hmm. Um, or I mean, it could be you know, gathering information for Nigerian or for Nigerian princes who want maybe to maybe click jacking as we uh, as we chatted about last week. Well, the, yeah, the click jacking, redirecting, redirecting traffic, or redirecting um, another one. After we did the click jacking show, I heard about people who redirect shopping carts just after purchase. So you filled up the shopping cart, you've done all the work, right? You hit purchase, and the money goes somewhere else. I don't know how long that scam lasts for, but apparently it's out there. And catch a big enough site, it doesn't have to last long. Indeed, eh? So if you're among that 25%, what the heck is the matter with you? Fix your damn <laughs> website. It's, this, the chain of the web is only secure as secure as its weakest link. Don't be it. Agreed. Um, either that or, you know, some organization like Homeland Security will come and secure the web for you. <laughs> so take it upon yourself to make your own website secure. It's, um, it's not just good practice as a netizen. It's, uh, well, you know, kind of protect, it's not just protecting the rest of us, it's protecting yourself because you don't want an organization like Homeland Security coming along to secure the web for us. That would be a bad thing. Yep. Um, okay, on that, it's, uh, it's 20 after the hour on the 21st of April, 2016. 
Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. You're listening to Webcology, currently on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 21st of April, 2016. This is Jim from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, they've got a little bit of house cleaning to do, a little, a couple, a couple industry announcements I just want to get out of the way, or lest, lest we totally forget to make them. Um... Matt McGowan, uh, younger people in the industry mightn't remember Matt. He uh, used to be the uh, well, the head deal maker, basically of the of the Search Engine Strategies Conference. Um, Matt was a wonderful, incredible, beautiful guy to work with. Uh, one of those guys where when you walked away, you thought you got the better part of the deal, no matter mm-hmm. what the circumstances. Because that was just the kind of guy Matt was. Yep. Well. He's moved. He uh, moved to Google. Um, just trying to find the a hundred different stories open here. <laughs> he moved. He had moved to Google about three years ago to become the uh, the head of uh, Google America's ad agency business. But this morning, he announced that he was leaving Google to jump to the UK-based 
email automation platform Adestra. He's going to become president, and this is effective immediately. So he spent uh, about two and a half years at Google. He supported sales to big brand and agency buyers. Um, he was uh, behind. He was instrumental in the launch of uh, Partner Select and Google Preferred, uh, bringing video in, uh, bringing video into the launch of programs of Partner Select and Google Preferred, and uh, did a lot of work tying advertisers into YouTube. So now, anyway, Matt, uh, one of the one of the beloved guys of the of the how to say this the what was the second age of the industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good way to word well, that. A truly beloved character from the second age of SEO has moved on to uh, email automation platform at Estra in the UK. And I find that yep. kind of I, I I find the advent of um, I'm thinking of of, of HubSpot. Uh, uh, AI companies like uh, AIX, or um, now I'm thinking of Adestra, and the automation of the of of campaign work strikes me as quite interesting. Yep. Oh yeah. No. And in, indeed. Uh, but I think you know, great guy is going to offer a, offer a great value. Big congratulations. Absolutely. Okay. Another one of the uh, another announcement: Majestic Tools has won a, uh, based in the UK, have won a Queen's Award for Enterprise. Uh, I'm sorry, a Queen's Queen's Award in Innovation and Enterprise for 2016. Uh, Dixon Jones company, Majestic, is being honored as one of the uh, great innovative uh, companies in England. And it is. I mean, I use it virtually every day, so. Oh. Well, yeah, if you want want to know the... uh, the link footprint pyramid uh, dodginess, <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call it. If you want to know about the links coming into your website, Majestic is well. Majestic's the first tool I turn to. Like always, the first tool I turn to. Not necessarily the last word in it, but um, definitely the strongest word. And I almost always find what I'm looking for when using Majestic. Indeed, one of my things, if we're going to compare, there's there's two major powerhouses here. I'm going to leave Moz out because I found their data pulls in this area thus far are not as robust um, as the other two, which would be Majestic and Ahrefs. I find their thoroughness and their crawl. Now, Moz is making some big investments right now, so I expect them to catch up. But um, Majestic, give it for, for people who only have one, for people who may not know how to just read you know, chunks of data. It's the one I go to when I need to send information to a client, like just the, the, the way they display their data, um, the data they pull. I, I view on just raw data, Majestic and Ahrefs, each one will miss a little bit. That's why I like to use both. Majestic is a solid database, and if you can only pick one, you know, they're, they're actually a little more affordable. But on just pure data, I'll view them as kind of even, only in that I like to have both, right? But on, on presentation of that data... It's the one I go to, and I'm like, I need to send something to a client, you know, showing, you know, competitive graphs on, on link growth or something. You know, they, they've got the, the way they display it, the way they output it, really, really easy to read. And if you just want a quick glimpse, glimpse of something, hands down, 
um, it's the easiest uh, of the two to use. So, you know, it's, it's less expensive. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to use. So I'll, I'll give it the, I'll give it the win agencies and stuff. Yeah. You're probably going to want to have both, but if you can only have one, it's, it's definitely my go-to. And as you say, when I'm just going in for a quick snapshot of something, 99 times out of a hundred, it'll be my go-to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not just a quick snapshot for me, but when I want to get my initial look to get my first impressions. Um, and that's an important one because those first impressions really follow you through the, uh, through your thinking when you're sort of mapping out the campaign and uh, mapping out what links to keep and what links not to keep and um, what may or may not be detrimental, etc. right? Oh, indeed. I mean, if somebody calls up and they're like, I, you know, I, we've, got a, we've got a manual action against our links, well, you need to price this out. Yeah, majestic, great tool for like giving you that view of how much work is this going to be. <laughs> Read a lot. <laughs> so for this, they get to go to a uh, a ceremony at Buckingham Palace later on in the year. They're going to have the honor of meeting uh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, and uh, and well, they get the honor of being talked about in and written about in the press for the next couple of days. Right. Now, we're talking about links. That's going to be a couple good ones. <laughs> Indeed, eh? <laughs> yeah, they just, actually, yeah, they just, they just... We're odd to get Dixon. You did this for the link bait, didn't you? <laughs> um, incidentally, it is uh, definitely worth uh, worth mentioning. It is Her Majesty's 90th birthday today. Uh, the oldest serving and longest serving monarch um, in... Uh, British history, and still officially our head of state. Up here in Canada, indeed. Oh, yes, yeah, still officially Canada's head of state. I'm sorry, not America's head of state. You guys decided that 217-some-odd years ago. Um, but still Canada's head of state, so um, happy birthday, Queenie. <laughs> indeed. Now, something I'm going to, uh, I want to touch on, sorry, I just dropped in. Uh, I don't have a, a link to share with people because I just got uh, an invite um, via email from the folks over at Local Guides. Um, and this is from Google. Sorry, it's Google's Local Guides. Um, something people are going to want to pay attention to. I know Mary had mentioned this to me yesterday. I didn't understand what it was. For people who do reviews and, and edits, you may have received a invite for a beta test that Google is currently running. Um, if you didn't, you know, no worries. It's coming anyway. Um, but Google's right now testing a brand new app for travelers focused on getting the impression of locals. So they know I'm in Victoria when I'm rating stuff in my area. How do I view that versus, you know, people coming in from, you know, if you came to, to visit Jim, although you're you know sort of half and half because you have lived here before. But um, basically for, for travelers who want to know locals and that's what this app is going to be built around uh it's beta out i haven't been excited you know the the acceptances are going to be coming in next uh next week but it's going to be really really interesting to to take a peek at i have a feeling it'll be a pretty heavy usage app um because really when you're traveling whose judgment do you trust locals usually yeah yeah i mean you may want something different you may actually want to look but i know i've actually gone and looked like when i was um traveling over for uh, uh smx over in london um, and we were traveling down around, you know, went off to, to Paris and, and Italy and stuff like that after. I would generally look for really good reviews on Yelp, not in a language I recognized. <laughs> and then try and translate them, right? It's like, okay, this is Italian. Now I know that it's not just, you know, somebody who doesn't really know what a good pizza in Venice is supposed to taste like. And they're like, hey, you know, this one was kind of like the one I got in Chicago. Well, that's not the one I want. 
hey, when I'm in Chicago, love it. But when I'm in Italy, I want one of theirs. Safe there, buddy. <laughs> well, I mean, you want to taste the local fare is really what you want when I'm traveling. So um, I think it's going to be a great app. I think it's a really, really smart idea on their part. Um, and I think it's going to put uh, some some competition. Obviously, they're making more and more moves right now uh, against some of the review review sites like the Yelps and Foursquares. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, and I'm not meaning to be contrary just on purpose, but I think it's, I, I agree with you. It's a brilliant idea. But let's remember who's introducing it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> these, these guys can't market their way out of a wet paper bag. There's an irony there. <laughs> Google makes incredible, brilliant, mind-bending products. I mean, I know it didn't catch on, but I liked Google Wave. Right. I loved Google Wave. Um, it was great collaboration stuff, but they sold it bad. Google Plus, it's actually <laughs> the second most credible social network out there as a platform um, and as a, as a uh, place where I don't get spammed every five minutes. Looking at you, LinkedIn. Um, and uh, but but I mean, like look at the, look look at the way Google Google marketed uh, uh, Google Plus. I mean, and look at all the benefits you get from Google Plus. Incredible benefits. The whole Hangout thing was amazing until they severed it and put it somewhere else. Right. Couldn't market their way out of a paper bag. So this, you know, this play that they're making to get to get real voices from the from the neighborhood that you're in to tell you, you know, this is a good pizza joint or, um, you know, um, eat at Joe's. Great idea. It all comes down to the execution. Well, indeed. And uh, one of the problems that they have, and it's been a problem they have had traditionally, um, is that, you know, Google Wave, good example, um, Google Plus, good example, um, where they've gone into a space where people already are. We had Facebook. <laughs> and then they build arguably a superior product in, in many ways. I mean, you can debate it depending on, on how you want to use these things, but you can talk about it as superior, not innovative or not. But you know what? A billion people are already over there, and everybody I know is already there. So what are you going to do? So um, in this case, yeah, that's, that's great, um, but all the reviews are already on you know Yelp and Foursquare. So <laughs> you know where are you going to actually get good, solid data? And, um, and how long until Yelp goes, I just want to see reviews from locals, because they know where I am, too. Exactly. And, it, and I gotta, it is so hard to penetrate a market that's already um, sort of owned by somebody else. And it's not, not to say it can't be done. Let's remember, every, everybody piled in on Yahoo at one time, and look at where Yahoo is today. Yeah. Um, so not to say that it can't be done, but... If Google jumps in, as you said, Dave, immediately everyone, everybody who they're competing with is going to uh, up their game and also probably look in the same direction. Um, I wonder if there's a, I mean, if there's an antitrust thing here if they if they're trying to use their their heft to knock people like knock organizations like Foursquare or um, or Yelp out of the picture. Well, let's talk antitrust, and that is a brilliant segue, Mister Hedger. Um, on TheEconomist.com, there's a, there's a great article from yesterday, um, but it's actually talking about exactly this and some of the new challenges that are facing Google over in the EU, which logically is, is going to have cascading issues. Um, they're going after them now in the same way that they're go they went after Microsoft successfully 
um, in the Microsoft bundling browsers and, you know, basically making it mandatory to have their other stuff built mm-hmm. in when all you really wanted was an operating system. Well, now they've got the same challenge going against them because they've crossed last year that critical threshold of 80% saturation. Oh, no so way. Okay. Androids are powering in the EU 80%. They've just crossed over. Well, that was in, in 2014, but like looking at the data. Um, so now they're looking, going, okay, but you're forcing all of these bundled pieces in there. I can't get just standalone pieces I may want. You're bundling them all in. You're going to, to phone providers themselves, like the actual service providers, incentivizing them to make Google the default. Like basically, they're, they're forcing um, users to have all of their different add-on plugins and, and, and add-on apps and stuff like that. So one could say, hey, well, that'll be easy. All they need to do is just drop this app onto Android phones, and people will eventually start to use it. They'll be doing their, their standard check-ins and, and stuff. Anyway, hey, it'll just pop up and go, hey, we noticed you were here because, you know, it's using GPS and going, let us know what you thought. Um, but they're going to be facing some serious, serious challenges. Um, and the, the focus on it seems to be Yes, you can kind of, you know, you can keep building an Android, obviously. Like, what are you going to do? You got 80%. We can't stop you from doing that. But we're going to make you start tearing away the other pieces that you're making people have um, on top of that Android um, operating system. So that's going to be an interesting play. Some of those aspects I wouldn't be too surprised to see follow into into the U.S. as well and going, because it's a nice, easy way to do that and go, yeah, we're not going to attack Google. We can't attack Google. Like, they power too much at this point but we can start stripping what you're allowed to do um, and, and stop forcing people to have all of the things just to have one of the things. Well, and, and don't forget, Google can get off the hook on antitrust, just like Microsoft could have gotten off the hook if they allow interoperability with other people's stuff. Easier said than done in the mobile world, though. Yeah. Like in the, in the desktop world, there had been enough time that interoperability was possible. The mobile world, however, like it's uh, Android is a proprietary system. Windows is a proprietary system. Um, iOS is a proprietary system. And the app makers, to make an app that runs on iOS, you have to make a totally different app to run on uh, on Android. You have to make a totally different app to run on... on uh, 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 Say Blackberry. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So I'm trying to think. Is there another operating system out there that you know that is actually you know or on Windows? That's the one. The Windows operating system. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to tease that one. I, I have a BlackBerry, and I'm not even going to mention BlackBerry when it comes to apps because nobody cares. Yeah. And in a weird way, it's liberating. You know, I have to find my own way around town, so I'm self-sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> um. But if, if, if they were allow if they were to allow other people's apps, other people's advertising, all this whole world of uh, stupid litigation would go away. You done? Yeah. You know, another way they could get around it. How's that? Either damn taxes. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the big hit, and they're looking at a seven billion dollar, um, you know, sort of lawsuit coming against them from the right now that's a lot of money for people who don't know how much seven billion is because we throw around a lot of big numbers in this industry um i think but as you know dave as we're going to find out later this afternoon um google is going to be releasing its uh quarterly numbers sadly just after we get off the air bummer yeah um 
Unless they've already released them. I don't think they have, though. I'm pretty sure it comes, it comes after we're off. They're doing, um, yeah, it's aftermarket closed today. Yeah, so. But Google is probably going to be uh, weighing in in the... Trying to, I'm just trying to find the story right now as we talk. Google's probably going to be weighing in in the um, 7.6 to, um, I'm sorry, 16.5 billion in revenues. So, you know, 7 billion here and there. When was this like, you know, that's, they were going to buy dinner with that. <laughs> yeah, no, something to remember because these are, these are really, really big numbers. Um, it's interesting because I, I read that and I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a big number. But um, one of the things that it's not really factoring in is actually what the shareholders are probably going to be complaining about, um, which is this is the, the quarterly um, numbers, the Q1 earnings that are coming out is for Alphabet. And you think about how much Google itself as a search company is earning. And then you think about how much is left. Right? We're dealing with a few billion being left over after you take Google out of the equation. You know those shareholders are going to be looking going, okay, but you're doing like a million other little things here. Why are they not generating revenue? Um, and that's going to be really, really interesting for me as, as the, the earnings actually come out and starting to see how it breaks down and going, okay, what are they actually going to be forced to strip out here because they like their moonshot things? Um, and at the end of the day, a lot of those are going to be loss leaders at this point that's just being hidden by the fact that Google itself is making so much money. Well, and that's, 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 that's a great point. And uh, in fact, the other businesses have, have not only not made money, were expecting approximately, you know, maybe 500, 550 million operating loss to be reported from the, uh, from the fourth quarter. Right. Right. Um, oh, I'm sorry, my, my mistake. I'm reading this as we go along. That was reported in the fourth quarter of 04. So this is the, the, the vision that makes things like Nest or uh, uh, other uh, Google Home services. They lost money. The same, the same, uh, same uh, uh, division that had Boston Dynamics till Google spun it off back in February. So if the other divisions are, gonna, are continuing to lose money, and we're talking less than a billion on a company that's making, you know, like probably going to see revenue of like uh, 16 to 17 billion. Um, and like you said, Dave, one of these moonshots could actually be the next multi-billion dollar business. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought that YouTube would take off the way it did, even though it's not, YouTube is making money, but it's not making a hell of a lot of money, but still, you know, it's the prime video platform on earth. Hold on. It's bound to make money eventually as it replaces other venues. Oh, yeah, and there is no problem. Like, if you're Google, there's, there's no problem justifying going, you know what, even if we just break even, we are keeping our humans. <laughs> like, we're keeping them with us, right? And, and, and there is, a, you know, obviously an element to that. But, yeah, you look at things like Nest or Cars or, you know, these sorts of things and go, no, these are standalone things. I mean, they, they all incorporate in. We know that. But, you know, they, they are meant to be sort of viewed as their own thing. And if they don't produce revenue then, then they, they are going to need to be spun off at some point. Now, would I like to see them continue? Sure, I'd like to see what ends up at the end of the day um, if, if they're allowed to just sort of keep pushing them forward. But um, shareholders aren't going to allow for that. 
Well, and that's the thing. You can't you can't keep people around just just because you like them. You can only keep people around because your shareholders like the money they're making them. Right, right. Um, but if they're not making them any money, then the shareholders. Uh, I mean, I've had a hard time seeing Google shareholders going on a mass revolt like the Yahoo shareholders did. But it's not out of the question. And you you lose people money. You kind of piss them off. Yep. Okay. Speaking of uh, losing money, the longer we're talking, the less break we're taking. Because it's time for another break here on uh, Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davis and Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 21st of April, 2016. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on, interact with expert speakers at informal networking events, and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Ecology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 21st of April, 2016. Came into the show with bad news, going to be going out of the show with good news. You'll be happy to know, Dave, that 
just in time for the real election coming this autumn. John Stewart is coming back to television to HBO. He signed a uh, deal with HBO to do, um, well, a short form digital content project. Uh, well, again, starting in uh, in the in the uh, late summer, early autumn. Yeah, and let's let's be honest. That makes a lot of sense because he had to just be sitting there going seriously. This is an election. Donald Trump is a candidate, and I'm on the sidelines. <laughs> like, well, he's been, he's, been, he's been close to something like the Trump campaign, given that he's been hosting uh, World Wrestling Entertainment Sessions. <laughs> oh, true. those are fighting words for one of our, uh, for our, for our engineer. Oh, he's just pretending. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get my goat, I think. Um, speaking of getting people's goats... Alan Blywythe, the uh, web auditor extraordinaire, one of the uh, seriously senior members of the SEO community, uh, he kind of he had a good flip out the other day, like uh, yesterday, in fact, and a much necessary one. In a blog post that was you know, highly publicized and passed around on Facebook, Alan wrote, Google Penguin Update, shut up already. And here's why. In the last six months alone, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 breathless big stories from all different parts of the, 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 the web marketing media, Search Engine Roundtable, V9 SEO, LinkedIn, Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Watch, Search Engine Land, <laughs> all talking about how the Penguin update is coming like now, like next week, like in the next month, soon, how to prep for it, how to get ready for it, how to be confident that you're not going to get schmunked by it. <laughs> um, and as it turns out, the long march of the Penguin continues. <laughs> They're not here yet. And I think that my theory from, what was it, November or something, that Google actually broke itself trying to make Penguin? I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's true. It's true. You know what? I, I, I've got to say, just because I, I know Alan listens, I, I know Dave Harry listens, so I have to ask Jim just to make two people cringe at the same time. How do you think Rank Brain is going to play in with Penguin? There, if we just ask <laughs> <laughs> Well... We've just eliminated two of uh, we've just eliminated two people who might be able to answer that question because their heads just exploded. <laughs> um, I don't think that Google Rank Brain is going to play into Penguin unless it comes across some link scheme that is just never seen before. <laughs> Whoa! Ain't never seen that happen. What are we gonna do about that? I don't know. Go ask. Uh, go ask the guy fifth down the line. Penguin's not happening, folks. <laughs> like, it's not today anyway. <laughs> or tomorrow. Or probably. I, I do. I, they kept, you know, they said first quarter. I think they were just referring to the wrong year. Indeed. <laughs> now, that's not to say that we shouldn't keep poking at them, because we should. What's existing out there right now is an abomination. There's 
And, and you know, you know, the, the sad thing is, it's too late for the people we're worried about. All these small businesses that got affected by the original runs of Penguin. It's too late for these guys. They're dead. They don't exist anymore. Their 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 businesses shuttered. That annoys me to a, uh, such a degree, because you know some of the people who got many of the people who got caught by Penguin should have been caught. But all the innocents who just got caught in this big, wide net that apparently had lots of holes, but it was still hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, these were. You know, the, remember when we worked together, and I would rant. I would rant about how important it was because these people are putting their their kids' college funds on the line. Mm-hmm. That's all I can think of when I think of poor, the poor small businesses that got run over by the Big Mac truck that uh, that we call the Penguin updates. It's true, and I think Google takes the view, obviously, you know, sort of corporate down, you know, hey, there's a certain number of positions, and the, that's, there's a reason it's a top 10. It's a zero-sum, right? Like, yeah, they went bankrupt, but somebody else came in, right? Like, yeah. that has to be the way they're looking at it, and in some ways it's true, but um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's When we're seeing delays like this, at the same time, of course, you have to go, okay, something is obviously majorly broken, and building a search engine is hard. Thanks, Jeremiah Andrick, for the quote. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, do we want to see them rush it? No. But should they be able to give us something in regards to what we're looking at? Or find some little workaround to go, okay, all those people that you, you know, sort of left out to dry, just hit some sort of reset switch for them, right? Like, just build a little reset that goes, you know what, it's been another four months click okay your you know your load's a little lighter on you now and another three months from now we'll tweak it a little bit more to to ease that burden on on them while but, while they actually try and perfect a new system but again even so many of those you know they're dead they don't yeah. exist anymore their business is uh no longer business no longer a business they're not just resting they're dead yeah <laughs> um you know what google can do they can they can make it up to us somehow and I think what Google should do, and it just hardly makes it up to people, but, I, but it's the least they could do is allow us, by vote, to name Penguin ourselves. <laughs> now, this has been tried before. The, uh, in fact, the, uh, the English Ministry of the Environment tried this recently when they uh, tried to get, um, they tried to crowdsource the new name of a science vessel, a Arctic research science vessel. The uh, Natural Environment Research Council oversaw the competition, and as it turns out, by a wide variety, by a wide margin, people wanted to name the vessel Bodie McBoatface. Sounds reasonable, eh? If you're five, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as it turns out, um, Science Minister Joe Johnson is overriding this, and um, they want a serious name for a serious vessel, and Bodie McBoatface is out. Leading to the lesson, don't ask people what they want, because you probably don't want to hear it. <laughs> Which is why I want Google to let us name their new link relationship algorithm because screw you because scroogle that's why okay we're at we're at our two minute mark we got two minutes left there's a uh, bound to be something we can touch on quickly that we really ought to be touching on here the creepy one 
Satisfaction, a future ranking signal in Google search results. A pad that you'd actually written up, uh, I think, over at the Beanstalk blog, what, last week, was it? Yeah, I've been looking at it. I haven't actually written a thing because I, re- I, I actually printed the patent. I, I was going to give it a read, um, and, and I did look through it, but then before I even had a chance to write anything, I, while I was doing my research on it, I realized Bill Slosky had beaten me to the punch there. I just found out about it. Bill's already got a, a write-up on it, and... Let's be honest, Bill knows a ton on patents um, and wrote a great piece on it. Basically, for, for our listeners, head over to SEObytheSea.com. There's a, a great piece on this patent. At its core, what it is is using biometrics to determine whether you like or don't like something. So this is obviously geared more for mobile. How is your facial reaction? What are you looking at on your screen? Using these sort of signals to actually determine the, whether a search result is good or not. Gee, Dave. How do they know your facial reaction? <laughs> well, that would be the camera bundled in with that Android. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? That's, so Google will take a it was written a patent to take a photo of your face while you're reading a search result to see if, if you like it or not. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's a photo or whether it's a full you know, what's to stop them, get those cameras better onto basically eye-tracking how I'm looking at a, at a screen, what I'm looking at, what am I attracted to, uh, which elements of the page uh, seem most relevant to me. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing to stop that. There's a lot more to it. I highly recommend Bill's, Bill's article. It is going to be coming. Like, the patent's older, right? But you know this is going to be coming. When they can actually start to use your real-time reaction to determine what you want next and whether you like what you're seeing, you know they're going to. You know the only way to SEO for that is to put a little joke at, at every every uh, page, right? <laughs> That's weird. It, it is a little weird. One of the things, and I know we only have a minute, but one of the things that gets me about this though is it's weird. It's a little bit frightening, but it's only because it's reminding us of what's already there. The camera's already there, <laughs> so yeah, it's already looking at us all the time. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what to say about that. It just weirds me right out. Um, I'm so glad I have a BlackBerry and nobody cares about them. <laughs> okay, on that, and Dave, am I, I, do you want the honors? Because it's the last time anyone's going to be doing this. Take it, take it. You've done it all the way. It, it is. I, I, okay. It's going to be great. Do it. Next week, we will be on same show, same time. All the shows are going to remain the same, but Webmaster Radio is changing its name. So this is the very last time I'm going to say, friends, you've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's C21st of April, 2016. For all the people who've come over to webmasterradio.fm, we thank you for listening to our shows, for for your loyalty and uh, your friendship, your suggestions for reaching out to show hosts after their shows and, you know, uh, giving them your opinion. Thank you so much for, for, for being with us. Stick with us into the future. And friends, stick with the network, because after the news, we've got some more good content coming up just after this. (laughs) 